Hello, everyone. On this Thursday afternoon, it is great to be here. Your host, Josh. Today, I'll be talking about the Bengals-Ravens Thursday night football tonight. Uh, some coaches have called it a playoff game between the two teams here in November, and I certainly agree. Major implications for both these teams. Uh, winner, huge boost, loser on a two-game losing streak. I'll pick my winner. See who I've got covering. Then Deshaun Watson is out for the season. I react to that. And then there's also, there's been a lot of quarterback talk uh, lately about best quarterback, C.J. Stroud, Dak Prescott, uh, and how good those two have been. Really? The rookie and Dak Prescott? Yes, they're good. They're both in my top ten. I'll give you my full top ten. And then I react to latest news in the Michigan saga. A new report last night, and actually just in breaking news about Michigan and Big Ten coming to a resolution involving Jim Harbaugh's suspension and the restraining order that the Michigan had against the Big Ten. I break that down and react to that. But first, uh, let's get into tonight's game between the Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, it is in Baltimore. This is shaping up to be a great divisional game. I think both teams have to have it here, both coming off a tough loss. Bengals uh, to the Texans, in which Tyler Boyd essentially dropped the game-winning touchdown, and then Lamar threw a couple interceptions, picked six and a fourth, uh, kind of totally did a 180 on what it looked like they were in control and lost that game. So two good teams. Uh, Baltimore has been high on my list uh, for a while now. Since I've still believed in them and trusted in them. But tonight is a moment of action. This is where we see, hey, one of these teams is going to need a lot of help. It's a little fraudulent. And one of these teams has, you know, a nice track for success. So the Bengals just had a tough loss. So coming off that one, big divisional opponent. And they got some big games coming up. They have Two divisional opponents. They have the uh, Ravens tonight. Following week, they have the Steelers. And then a big conference game the following week against Jacksonville before the schedule eases up before their final home stretch. So this is a tough three games um, before this stretch here. Uh, Bengals had a tough three games before this loss, uh, and they won out. They beat the Seahawks. They beat the Niners. Uh, they beat the Bills. So can they win this stretch of games against the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Jags? I think so. I think they can go on a run, uh, and it is crucial because if they lose tonight 5-5, five and five, then the outlook is, hey, maybe they can't beat the Jags or the Steelers twice. Um, then you're looking at 10-7, and 9-8, and eight, and is that good enough to make the playoffs? Whereas Baltimore, Baltimore loses tonight. They're 7-3 and three right now. They would drive to 7-4, and four, but here's the kicker. They've already lost two division games. They lose this game. They're 2-3. and three. So they're kind of set division-wise. They've lost to the Steelers already. They've lost to the Browns already. And then if they lose to the Bengals tonight, it would be those three teams. And they still have the season finale against the Steelers. Uh, so you'd be 7-4. and four. You still have your bye week. But you play the Chargers next Sunday night in L.A. Great offense. You still play 
uh, the Jags, Niners, Dolphins, Steelers to close out the, the year. Four tough games, tough stretch. So you lose tonight, you figure you'll lose, you know, a couple of those games. That puts you at the, you know, 11 and 7, uh, 11, I mean, my bad, 11 and 6 spot, maybe 10 and 7. Uh, with those three division losses, you have a, you know, you tie with the Bengals and they went out. They only have two. There's a tie break for the Steelers or Browns, other teams. So that, tonight would be a huge division loss for them. So I think it's going to be an extremely uh, tight game. Some key injuries in this game. Uh, Bengals are without T. Higgins, uh, their second best wide receiver. I do think that is a big loss because Tyler Boyd had a couple of drops, didn't look great um, either. Uh, last week, Sam Hubbard also out for the Bengals. That is a big loss, you know, him being such a big run defender. And you look at the plays he made last week, uh, that hurts. But Baltimore also dealing with injuries. Ronnie Stanley, uh, their star tackle, is out. Marlon Humphrey is doubtful. He doesn't appear to be playing tonight their best corner. So you have a couple of injuries. Um, Ravens, though, great at home, 19-3 and at home in regular season, primetime game since 2008. So do you go beside there? Uh, I think, you know, Cincinnati is definitely going to cover the minus three and a half. I think this is going to be a field goal win game if the Bengals do win it. I think that line's a little too big. Uh, also, I'm taking the under, 46 and a half. Um, last game in Baltimore, or in Cincy, uh, second game of the season, Joe Burrow still dealing with that calf injury. It was 27-21, 24-51 total points scored. This is a healthier Joe Burrow. I expect a better Joe Burrow. That's why I have the Bengals winning. Uh, but it will be close because it is this night divisional game. A lot of pushing and shoving. But I do like the Bengals to win this, get even with the Ravens. Uh, huge momentum going forward in Baltimore with two straight losses. Um, kind of having them reeling. Their fourth quarter defense, not as good as the first three quarters. I feel like since he's more complete, both teams dealing with injuries. I think Joe Burrow's a better quarterback than Lamar. I like the Bengals to beat the Ravens tonight. Close game. Uh, definitely have them covering. I uh, like that more than uh, the Bengals' money line straight up. Uh, the Bengals cover, though, the three and a half. Uh, book that. Now time to move on to Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson is, you know, injured and out the rest of the year. Big loss for um, them this season. Uh, you know, having your starting quarterback uh, not play, that is, you know, something you don't really want, uh, considering how much they gave up to for him. I still think the Browns can recover because of their elite defense that they have, and I don't think they were, you know, receiving uh, – uh, you know, elite quarterback play that they, you know, thought for Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's barely thrown for over a thousand yards um, so far this season in the games he's played. That's 185 yards a game. 
Again, seven touchdowns to four interceptions. Uh, passer rating of like 70, I mean 80. It's just not good enough. So, again, I think they can get by with Dorian Thompson-Robinson or P.J. Walker, whoever it might be back there. Uh, is it going to be tougher to do so now? Yes, most definitely. But like I said, they have the team. They have a good roster. To me, this isn't going to derail them. What derails them is just how much money they're giving them. Next year, he's a $63 million cap hit. It's like $50 million the next three years or 47. Um, so that just hurts. And it's going to go down as the worst trade of all time. I'm sorry, but it really is. So the Browns, you know, gave up three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Texans turned Deshaun Watson, that trade, into C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Tank Dell, Damian Pierce, and Kenyon Green. C.J. Stroud is better than uh, Deshaun Watson. So you lose that trade straight up. And then you have the other pieces, Will Anderson, decent year. Tank Dell, a reliable wide receiver for C.J. Stroud. Damian Pierce, solid running back in Kenyon Green. So it's like, wow. Now that trade, again, to me, will go down is the worst trade in the history of trades. Worst trade of all time. I mean, that is all-time bad stuff. And then not only that, the contract they gave Deshaun Watson, fully guaranteed, the only uh, contract to get, you know, that much money fully guaranteed, all of it fully guaranteed, to me, is also a joke. So that means even with this injury that he's sustaining, you know, he's still going to get all his money. So Browns just, again, are the clowns, clown organization of the NFL. Uh, Again, it doesn't have to ruin their season. They can still recover. To me, it's more of the aftermath of this trade that really hurts the team. Then, moving on now to quarterbacks in the NFL. So, there has been a lot of quarterback talk lately of so many people on the Dak Prescott train. Oh, he's playing better than anybody right now. He has been so great. I mean, look at how sensational he's been. And I can point to, yes, his last four games since he was obliterated by the Niners have been good. He beat the Chargers and their sorry defense, uh, beat up the Rams, again, who are not good. Lost to the Eagles, even though he did put up good numbers, and the Giants. So I'm like, really? Really, that's impressive. If he does that, you know, for the stretch they have to end the season, the Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, then I'll be impressed. But these last four games, it's like, you know, come on now. Let's let's pump the hype for the Dak Prescott MVP train, like, really. And same with... Uh, C.J. Stroud. Uh, yes, he beat the Bengals in a game. Uh, Tyler Boyd dropped the game-winning touchdown. Uh, C.J. Stroud threw an ugly interception in that game. Yes, he had an awesome comeback, sensational day against the Bucks, but just three weeks ago, uh, he lost to the Panthers, uh, fifteen to thirteen, and didn't throw a touchdown that game and threw for under uh, under one hundred and fifty yards. So let's. Stop the hype here, even before that against the Saints, through for under 200. So even though he's had two good weeks, can we pump 
the brakes, please. So all this talk. Let me give you my top 10 quarterback list. Is it about time I've made this list? So this is all current quarterbacks that are not injured. So to note, Aaron Rodgers will not be on this list because of the injury that he is having. So this is all quarterbacks that have played and are active in the NFL, have played games before up until this point in time that, again, are not injured, or else Aaron Rodgers would have made the cut. Number 10, I will put him on here. I respect what he is doing. That is one C.J. Stroud. This season alone, second in passing yards. He has thrown 15 interceptions to two, 15 touchdowns to two interceptions, 101 pass rating. Uh, he is on pace if he continues his touchdown-interception ratio to break the single-season mark set by one Aaron Rodgers. That is fascinating. That would be crazy if he were to do that as a rookie. He has been utterly efficient. He has been great. Um, he has you know, had a great rookie year, um, especially as a quarterback. All the doubts that people had, especially me, uh, I apologize on behalf of C.J. Stroud. He is playing overall fantastic because he had a couple of stinkers. Yes, again, he is a rookie. That will happen, but C.J. Stroud, I put it 10. Um, there are other quarterbacks that are like, you know, the, you know, could have got him. And you're like, oh, wow, the Panthers could have got him. Didn't. Um, other teams could have made moves, and now you're stuck with old quarterbacks like a Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins. And C.J. Stroud is already better than them. Number nine, Trevor Lawrence. So starting off uh, this year, I had in my you know top ten quarterbacks going into the season. I had Trevor Lawrence around, I believe seven is what I had him uh, seven or eight. Then he's dropped. Um, to me, he has been good but not elite. We're waiting for Trevor Lawrence to take this next next step to join the Burrows the Mahomes, but he simply hasn't yet. He's 17th in passing yards of this season. He's only thrown nine touchdown passes to six interceptions with a passer rating of 89. So you take this year, C.J. Stroud's uh, been better than him this year. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, numbers haven't been great. And again, we're expecting more from Trevor Lawrence and he just isn't giving it to us. He was abysmal against the Niners. You know, 185 yards, two interceptions. Um, you know, already lost to C.J. Stroud head-to-head. Lost to the Chiefs. Can't beat them. Uh, but it's like, hey, uh, you're going to have to be better. We're waiting for you to take this step. I mean, you have tremendous arm power, accuracy. The physical tools are all there. And he's shown he can do it last year. But come back against the Chargers. He's had moments. But none of those moments have come this year. We're still waiting on this man to take the leap. Number eight, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson probably would have been higher, but we just had this past week where he's thrown two interceptions. And sadly, he's turnover prone. Ten touchdowns to five interceptions. Uh, You not only have that, uh, but you also have the, uh, you know, rushing numbers as well, which don't um, help his cause this season. This season, he's already fumbled the ball 
five times. I'm sorry, but those turnovers can't happen. When you have as many turnovers as you do interceptions, that's not a recipe for success. Again, he's dynamic. He has looked dominant against teams this season, against the Seahawks, against the um, Lions. He has looked really, uh, really good against the Titans in uh, London. He looked great. But then there's times where against the Browns this past weekend, um, you know, he doesn't look that sharp against the Cardinals. They let him hold on. Against the Steelers, he makes some bad throws. So, again, he's dynamic. Best dual threat quarterback, I will acknowledge that. Uh, but the turnovers have to stop. That's why he's not higher on the list. Uh, number six, or number seven, my bad, Dak Prescott. Yes, I've got Dak Prescott at seven. Like I said, going into this, the past four games, you just want to analyze this, give him the MVP. And that's what I'm sick about people measuring uh, now when I turn on sports shows is they analyze sections of seasons. Well, since week five, the past four weeks is like, no, you got to take into account the whole season. So has Dak Prescott been good this season? Yes, he's seventh in passing yards. Uh, his completion percentage is at number one, 70.7. He is very accurate. He's number um, three in passer rating at 105. He's played very well. He has 17 touchdowns, six interceptions. I think that's more touchdowns than he was hoping for this year because – yeah, he said he wasn't going to reach 10. Uh, so far, that math doesn't look good. Looks like he will reach 10, especially with a tough stretch of games coming up. But I'm not going to hate on Dak. I think going into the season, I had him at 10, maybe not even in my top 10. But he has played really well uh, so far this season. He deserves to be a top 10 quarterback. If he keeps playing like the way he does, he'll move up even more. Now we get to the top five. Again, Aaron Rodgers was playing. He'd probably be on this list, and somebody would be gone. But actually, my bad, not number five. Number six, Jared Goff. Number Jared Goff deserves to be very six. Uh, He is fifth in passing yards, 2,500 passing yards so far this season. 14 touchdowns, only five interceptions, a completion percentage of 68.4, which is very good, a pass rating of 100. I will take that. And he has been very efficient and great for the Lions. Um, in all seven wins they have, he's been awesome. He just beat Justin Herbert in a shootout game. Now, you said it was going to be a shootout. Most people would have Justin Herbert, but Jared Goff was the one to not make the pick. Uh, yes, in the two losses, he hasn't looked good. The Ravens, abysmal. Uh, Seahawks, he threw a pick six. But outside of that, uh, he's played really well. Measure me by my wins, not by my losses. And 7-2, and two, Jared Goff has played fantastic. There's not a lot of bad things to say about him. He's been accurate. Uh, he's just been fantastic for the Lions. This gets us into our top five. So I put Justin Herbert here at five. Again, I really like Justin Herbert. 17 touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, 2,300 yards, another passer rating of 100. Uh, like Jared Goff, completion percentage right there at 67. Uh, the reason I have Justin Herbert higher than Goff, even though Goff has statistically had a better year, 
his team has had better success is Justin Herbert has more arm power uh, than uh, Jared Goff. He can place the ball uh, better. He can contort his body and make throws no one else can. Justin Herbert is truly a unique talent. Now, if he had a decent coach and the team won more games, uh, Justin Herbert would probably be like three, two, or one on my list, but he doesn't. I got to evaluate him on everything he does. He has thrown some crucial um, late game interceptions that have cost the team um, uh, some points, some drives, some games. So that's why I don't have him any higher than five. Uh, but if I had the fifth pick and my four quarterbacks I have before him were gone, uh, I'd have no sweat taking Justin Herbert here at five. Tremendous talent. Number four. Josh Allen. Josh Allen has slipped since the, in Herbert, but both have slipped since the inception of my preseason top 10 by a spot. Again, Aaron Rodgers injured, but that's not for a reason why. Uh, Josh Allen has played good this year. There's no denying his numbers are good. The 2,600 yards fourth, a high completion percentage, uh, third in the NFL, or tied for second in the NFL. It's 70.3. A passer rating near 100, 19 touchdowns. That is tied for first in the NFL. He's been really good, but there's been one Achilles heel, which is why he's at four. That's the interceptions. He has thrown 11 interceptions, most in the NFL. That can't happen. The turnovers now are all of his fault? No, but he's got to get his confidence up. He's got to do a little better in that department of limiting the turnovers. Uh you know, Josh Allen to me is the reason why his team wins games. Uh, they're at five and five. The reason why they have five wins to me are squarely on Josh Allen. It's not because of their defense or their run game. It's because of Josh Allen. And some of those losses, can you say it was Josh Allen against the Jets? Sure. Uh, you can. Those interceptions by him were bad. Um, but Josh Allen, I think, is a great quarterback. Again, kind of like Herbert, get him a better coach. Uh, could move up there. Number three, Jalen Hurts, biggest riser. I think he started around six in my preseason top ten, and now he is number three. Uh, this man is very good. I uh, hate to break it to you all. Uh, passing the ball this year, very good. Yes, he has the eight interceptions, which is surprising, but he does have a 15 touchdowns. Again, 2,300 yards, high completion percentage at 69%. And then running the football, 316 yards so far this season, and seven touchdowns. Hasn't fumbled it as much as Lamar, so isn't turnover prone uh, that way. Uh, high pass rating, completion percentage again. And he's led the Eagles to an 8-1 and one record. His leadership to me is better than any of the guys I have just named. Uh, to me, that is a factor as well for the quarterback. As we get into the top three, they all have great leadership. Uh, Jalen Hurts' leadership to me surpasses that of an Allen, Herbert, Goff, Dak, Lamar. Uh, that's why he's at number three combined with his great stats, his team winning games. Uh, he is a anchor of success for his team. Number two. Any doubt who's going to be number two? Is it Joe Chiesty, Joe Cool, Joe Burr, Joe Burrow? Now, is his stats as gaudy as they have been in the past in terms of uh, yards? 
Now, dealing with the calf strain, Zoe was injured to start the season. Coming out of injury, he's looked great. He has risen uh, through the ranks and taken Miss Bengals' offense uh, back to where they usually are. Uh, 14 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, passer rating of around 90, completion percentage at 67. Uh, playing efficiently now, uh, just lit up the Niners 28 of 32. I didn't throw an interception. He, I mean, Joe Burrow was fantastic in that game. Uh, fantastic in a lot of games they've been winning this year. Uh, with him being healthy, he's looked really good uh, this season. Again, in his leadership, too, uh, that ability he has now with that calf being healed to run, even though you don't view him as a threat, can use his legs. Uh, Joe Burrow, again, his leadership situationally, uh, third and ten, knowing where to get the ball, reading defense. Uh, Joe Burrow is number one in a lot of, to me, you know, factors you want as a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is someone. Joe Burrow has someone. These are top dogs. But number one goes to Patrick Mahomes. In a league of his own right now, not just this year, this year, sort of a down year statistically for him outside the top five and, you know, yards and touchdowns and, you know, all that jazz. Uh, Still been a very good quarterback. Uh, this year, 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Surprising uh, for Mahomes. Uh, you know, 69% completion percentage, passer rating near 100. He's been good, but the key separation here is last year, one MVP, one Super Bowl MVP because he won the Super Bowl. Uh, he's done both those twice in his career. He's a winner. Uh, he comes back a lot. I mean, he doesn't have a number one wide receiver, and they're seven and two uh, right now. So just Joe Burr or Patrick Mahomes is playing good, efficient football uh, and working with what he has. And to me, that counts. He's playing really well, and he deserves to be at number one until somebody dethrones him either in the AFC or in the Super Bowl. Next up, let's move on to some college football. So, here we go. Michigan. Breaking news from Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. So, Jim Harbaugh. Michigan, come to a resolution. I'm going to read the official quote here. Uh, this morning, the university, Coach Harbaugh, and the Big Ten resolved their pending litigation. The conference agreed to close its investigation, and the university and Coach Harbaugh agreed to accept the three-game suspension. Coach Harbaugh, with the university's support, decided to accept this sanction to return the focus to our student-athletes and their performance on the field. The conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations. The university continues to cooperate fully with the NCAA's investigation. End of, of quote. So, basically, Jim Harbaugh will serve out the remaining suspension, which is just two more games against Maryland and Ohio State. Uh, because of this, Michigan is now taking down their restraining order, is no longer going to sue the Big Ten. So, again, they've come uh, to an agreement uh, with that in, you know, the back and forth that they had 
they're kind of done with. So to me, uh, you know, it's going to get twisted. Paul Feinbaum, Michigan hater, is already said it's because Michigan did not have a winning argument. You know, all these people are going to say it's because they didn't have, you know, a winning argument and, you know, they're going to sweep this under the rug, you know, guilty, guilty, guilty. Uh, but they're not going to read the quote. They're just going to um, focus on, you know, the quote and there that, you know, Coach Harbaugh agreed to accept the three-game suspension and view him as guilty. That's all they're going to focus on. They're not going to focus on the quote to return the focus to our student-athletes and performance on the field, which is the first quote that I want to get to. So uh, I think that's a big reason. So much hoopla surrounding all media about, Jim Harbaugh and this court case, so many people invested into this and really to me was a distraction. It, you know, this and uh, the investigation really taken away from Michigan's great season, their performance on the field. So I get, you know, wanting to uh, not, uh, you know, pursue that anymore when it could get even uglier. And the next statement nobody's going to focus on is, the conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations. So, again, the conference has affirmed it to them before, like a week or so ago. Nobody talked about it. They're not going to continue to talk about it. Miss Kofi or want to hang Harbaugh. But, again, he's got no involvement. Yes, since it's his program, he's got to accept some penalty, which I'm fine with the slap on wrist. But he's had no involvement. So I'm sick of people going after Harbaugh, after Michigan, for this scandal in which Connor Stallions was the ringleader with some other low-level scout staffers, and there was no uh, knowledge to other coaches, so it wouldn't have mattered with the -the on-the-field play calls and lining up. So to me, it's a joke. Uh, Again, Jim Harbaugh won't be there the final two games. I don't think the one against Maryland matters. Um, The one against Ohio State now gets interesting final game of the season. Uh, Sharon Moore will be the acting head coach, so it's just shocking to have that matchup. No Jim Harbaugh uh, again. Uh, But another thing that I want to mention from Michigan, it was reported from the Athletic Press, a trusted source of information. It was been reported that Michigan did not cover Connor Stallion's uh, expenses, and he did not ask for reimbursement. So this is great because on Connor Stallion's recruit, uh, or my bad, um, not recruiting, but game sign stealing adventures. He didn't ask for money from the university. He didn't get money. This was literally all his own doing. It was a rogue person. He had, you know, remember the Michigan manifesto that he wrote. This was severely. His own doing, his own thing, he's affirmed that to Michigan, the investigation. That's what Michigan's been saying. So, again, if Jim gets a fine, a small suspension again by the NCAA to start next year, I'm fine with that. But to strip away wins when, again, they had no knowledge. So what does that prove? And another thing I want to highlight, which has been brought up, is that Michigan's only been good since the sign stealing. Uh, so Connor Stallions was hired May of 2022. So the 2021 season to 2022, where we had Aiden Hutchinson beat Ohio State for the first time in a long time, 
Uh, went to the playoffs, lost to Georgia. Nothing gets stripped away from that season. Connor Stallions wasn't on the team. So the following year, J.J. Uh, McCarthy is the starter. Our offense looks better. We still lose college football playoff semifinal. Again, when do the recruiting things start with him? Looks like most this year. Uh, again, we still don't have proof proof of if he was actually there in games. It's just doppelgangers to me. Uh, and again, any winning, you know, proven winning games hurting people like this? No. So again, we'll see as the investigation goes on. The Big Ten investigation is now closed. That is one we don't have to worry about. I think that is a good thing in the totality of this for Michigan. We'll see how long the NCAA takes. Uh, but I am fine with this. I will accept this, uh, you know, doing. And I think Michigan can beat Maryland. And I think they can even beat Ohio State without Jim Harbaugh. So I'll have more on that story as we get more information. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. Again, great Bengals. Uh, Ravens game tonight. Talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.